Did the Bulldogs finally show some pride in the jersey against the Raiders? Are the Bulldogs getting dudded by TPJ or is it just another media beat up by the journalists? What does Gus have to say about planning for the Bulldogs in the short and long term? And another round of rugby league and another showing of poor officiating by the referees. All this and more on today's episode of the Kennel Podcast. And if you haven't done so already or if you're new to the podcast, like and subscribe to these videos. We have a lot planned uh, in, the, in the next few weeks. And if you subscribe, you won't miss out on any of it. And as always, I'm joined by my trusty co-host, Debo. Welcome, Debo. How are you doing? Uh, welcome. Um, yeah, good to be back again. Um, Mondays, Tuesdays, whatever day we do it. Always a pleasure. Uh, how's the weekend? Enjoy the footy? Yeah, I enjoyed the footy. Um, some, yeah, some shock results there. Whatever. I mean, I thought Souths were going to pick it up, but... They've just gone missing this last month. And I think they're just on the outer. I think they might actually miss the eight, which is going to be a big shock. How good are the Knights going, though? Yeah, they, they surprised us. Surprise us. What are they, seven in a row, eight in a row? Seven in a row now, yeah. How long is that? How long have they done that for, 20 years or something, more? Probably Since longer. Since John's days, maybe? Yeah, it's well, been a long time. About another era now, yeah. They had lean, lean uh, years. Uh, you know, they were getting the spoon. They got the spoon, what, three times in a row? Yeah. And, they, you know, after Wayne Bennett left, they weren't sure where the club was going. But, uh, look, it's, it's it's not a bad thing to see uh, them up there uh, performing for their fans in the Hunter. They, you know, the, their fans have stuck by them throughout all the tough years and they're coming good to in the right time of the season. Um, but uh, enough about non-Bulldogs talk. Um, what did you think of the Bulldogs against the Raiders this week? Um, yeah, I thought, um, yeah, definitely offered a more spirited performance. I know people can say Canberra was underwhelming, um, but Canterbury were on level terms with them for about 60, 65 minutes. Um <laughs> Look, Canterbury should have went on and probably stole that game. But, yeah, that's what's been lacking this year. Someone with a killer blow. I mean, you've got Avarillo who's got that killer blow, but there's not enough of those in the side. Especially if you watch the game, Avarillo was threatening every time. But just lacking class players across. Again, poor use of the bench. I think Tevita Pangai got nine minutes. Oh, uh, no, example. I think he got 25 altogether. 25. Yeah, he got 25 um, minutes. Yeah, Flanagan, what did he even get? So Maybe 15, 12, yeah, some 15 minutes. Some of those minutes. interchanges are still. Yeah, look, it's one of those things um, that I think Seraldo's still <clears throat> tweaking. Um, it's been such a disjointed um, situation where um, they haven't been able to make any any solid decisions, any any consistent decisions about the team. And I think Seraldo's sort of struggled to find how his rotation works. But I think, you know, and, and let me know what you think. Um, I don't think the attack was too bad. Um, I hope the Toby Sexton next year gets first crack at the halfback jersey because I do think that when he and Burden combined, our attack looked a lot better than it has for a while. And I think with with Sexton there, he's you know that combination seems to be starting to click a little bit. I think um, uh, if we can continue to build that on, on the off season and our forwards can can get some momentum, there's a lot of potential for that. Um, six and seven combination because uh, one thing I saw was that um, he was uh, running the ball a little bit more he scored that one try that solo effort try of him running the ball he ran the ball a few times and looked very dangerous but also I, I liked that when he spread the ball to Burden Burden was able to get out to Blake Wilson so you know there is there is some good there to, 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 to be had uh, in terms of our attack but you know as usual it comes down to our defence 
What do you think? How do you, how do you think the Sexton Burden went? Um, yeah, I mean, they posted four tries on the board. So, I mean, there was a variety. The, the backs were running off them. Um, how long have they had together? One month, six weeks? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that'll get better for the Bulldogs. They'll, they'll be there. Obviously, they're starting combination next year. I don't see otherwise unless they sign some significant half from another club. I will push one of them into a different position, mm-hmm. but they'll be starting halves. I mean, probably judge them on about the first two months next year. Um, obviously not enough time this year together, but I think, you know what, this game they did actually pretty well. Yeah. Um, Canterbury just didn't take their chances. They threatened numerous times and just let themselves down in the end because I thought Canberra was ripe for the taking. Um, they seemed very lacklustre. Um, yeah, I just thought Canberra's going to be in danger here, but then somehow they pulled it off. So, Yeah, I think um, one of the problems with the Bulldogs, and you go back to early in the season, even we were playing a lot better at like against Melbourne and Tigers that we won, it just seems like the Bulldogs can't play 80 minutes. Even at our best, we're a no. 65-minute team. I think their fitness was lacking against Canberra again. I mean, yeah. I think it's a big change you guys are going to need in uh, in the off-season. Um, new fitness guru. I mean, the zip seems to go from the side in the last 10 or 15 minutes. Just have nothing. But, I mean, if you look at, you know, Kikau being off for the whole season, Thompson being off for the whole season, um, Liam, um, you know, Liam Knight coming in new. So, our, like, our fourth pack as it stands right now has, really hasn't played together defense, at defense all. Defence still needs a big tweak. Like, defence was you let down on the weekend as you touched on. Um, attack was there. Just got to make sure they don't drop those balls. Uh, your defense is a massive letdown. Look, your forward pack I thought was market mark improvement. Um, Thompson and Kikau seem to be uh, yeah doing well together. So even Liam Knight in stages was good for you guys. He was playing starting front rower. Hasn't played first grade for most of the year, so it was a big step up. Scored his first try for the Bulldogs oh, on the yeah. weekend. Yeah, it was got a good try too. Very good try. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had a few defensive lapses, but. Um, I just thought he was too good to play reserve grade. So it's good that Canterbury picked him up and uh, took him on. Yeah, I, th- I think, look, if we do sign um, Taukeaho, um and if we do retain Luke Thompson for next year, I do think that, I don't know, depending on what the other issues are that are causing the lapses in defence, I don't think we have an overall bad team. We've got a lot, a lot of youngsters that have now been blooded and have experience. Like, for example, on the weekend, uh, one of the – another bright uh, – uh, uh, a uh, bright spark for the team or another bright point for the team was um, Harrison Edwards um, was brought into the team to replace uh, Raymond Fatala Mariner who was injured on in the warm-up um, and he started that lock but he played 80 minutes Harrison Edwards played 80 minutes made 53 tackles or 52 tackles you know that's close the, to 100 meters um, that's what that's what you want from your lock that's the theme of Canary this year so a player goes down in the warm-up geez what's new I think no one was even surprised I think no one even batted an eyelid yeah, uh, it was just like, oh, well. Oh, yeah, okay, yep. Oh, lucky it's not two or three this time. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly that, that's a good That's probably point. what they all thought. So, yeah, um, just on Takiaho, I'm just interested to see, um, you know, how is his body going to hold up next year? Because I thought he was a brilliant player at the Roosters. He used to make huge metres, huge run metres, huge defence, goal kicker. I found it surprising that he left the Roosters to um, that early. I thought he still had another three or four years in him, but then – I mean, his injury record's not good. And even at the Catalans, I know they're top of the table. He hasn't played that many matches. And 
yeah, I'm just interested to see uh, has his body, you know, is his body going to be good for next year? Um, and he's, uh, you know, if they manage him well, I'm sure they can get him fit and firing. But that's the only concern I got of Takiyaho is is his fitness. I mean, his body basically. He can play you 80 minutes when he's fit, but it's just his body holding up is the concern there. That's the only concern I have. I mean, going off what happened this year, um, we don't want anyone to play 80 minutes because we need. It might be a blessing he's played less games. It might be. Look, it's just with with now, you know, Tavita Pangai Jr. leaving, um, our forward stocks are even, you know, more shallow than they were, uh, you know, uh, earlier in the year. So next year, you know, we're going to be down a couple of forwards short. I'm not sure where we're going to be able to um, fill those voids, but we're going we're to need to be quick and be smart with some of the decisions that the team makes because uh, if we don't have any, you know, go forward next year, we're going to have the same fate and, and you know, potentially – be worse off next year. The Tigers have recruited well. Today was confirmed that they've got Adam Cesar um, uh, coming to them. They've also signed Jaden Sullivan. Dragons, you know, they've uh, they've got a new coach coming in who's going to change the systems. They have a decent team. They won their debut. What was that? They won their debut under Benji. Yeah, Tigers won the debut, which I thought was fantastic. Good on Benji. Yeah, um, the wooden spoon race is back on. <laughs> look, I, 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 I I'm, I'm worried because if if the Bulldogs don't pick up the act, we could actually end up with the spoon. No, I know impossible. It's not impossible, but it's it's unlikely. It's impossible. Please. It's unlikely. None of those sides below them are going to win both games, or one of them might, but the other won't. Um, you know, but I, but I did think uh, as a positive, um, Harrison Edwards was great, and I think he's getting better and better every week, and he looks like he could be our um, our lock. Solution. I thought he, he combines well with the halves when he can pass both sides and pass pass quite uh, well. Like if he, when that score that uh, Blake Wilson uh, scored, he passed out to um, passed out. I think it was to yeah Sexton, then then Sexton to Burton, then Burton to Wilson. They did well going left. I, I think they do, they did very well, and uh, it started off there with Harrison Edwards pass, and I think he could play that. You know Isaiah Ayo, Wade Graham type ish lock. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, lock link, position. Link ups, yeah, yeah. He can be that link man, so yep. I think that that was that was a very good sign. And he did well. I mean, like he was missing Jacob Preston, so yeah, you know that could have been all the difference there. Could have probably stole the game if you had him on board. Oh, look, I think I just think we run out of run out of any. It what, look, it was one of their better performances this year, regardless. You can make excuses for Canberra. I um, mean, Canberra in the game the whole way. So, and they're desperate as well. Like they didn't want to lose. Yeah, um, everything to play for. Yeah. You guys didn't have much to play for. So, yeah, right. Yeah, he's just trying to play the spoilers. I think he's doing a decent job of it. Um, got another. Who's got this week? Manly. Yeah. Okay. He's, well, he's he's going to give Manly another tough game, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, they they tailed us up first yeah. game of the season, so hopefully we can come back. Yeah, and, yeah uh, that's right. Yeah, the first game. I just want to say um, another sort of. Positive from the weekend was Blake Wilson. I think he's coming on in leaps and bounds. I do think he's a great, great winger, very able, young kid, very able. Oh, good finisher, yep. got speed, smart kid. Um, it's you know it's it's a good good problem to have. Um, you know we've got heaps of wingers and centers and that. Obviously, we're going to have a few more next year as well. And then we've still got um, Gerald Skelton to to come in as well. So I think it's a yeah. very good headache to have in our backs. Oh yeah. Um, you know. I'm, I just think, you know, I just feel a bit for Skelton because I didn't see anything that warranted him missing out on uh, first grade for the next month. I mean, I thought he did extremely well. He played out of his skin yeah. against the Panthers. I thought, I was, yeah. He I was good and even the other game as well. Um, who was it against? The game before that? Uh, the Broncos? Was it? No, no. There was another one. 
Um, the one that you guys won, I think. The Rabbitohs? Rabbitohs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, both. All three games he did he well. He did really well. Yeah. So I just thought he was unlucky to miss out footy for the next month roughly. So, um, But look, it's a good good situation to be in where our backs are, um, are stocked well and, and with some youngsters coming through, I think, you know, we can definitely um, at least have that part of our team um, in, in good, good, yeah. good position. Um, you know, Avrila was everywhere and seemed to combine well with our halves. Uh, against the Raiders, uh, it was just really exciting to see him sort of do, do the uh, the runaround plays and things like that. Just see him sort of scheming. I thought he looked dangerous every time he we got into their twenty. Spot on, yeah. Uh, and it was just it's disappointing. I still uh, honestly, I'll, I'll never get over the fact that we we're not you know we don't have him. Look, I'm happy we got Blake Taff, but I'm still very disappointed that Avrilo's going uh, to the Dolphins. But I don't begrudge him for leaving. I think one of the problems with him staying at the Bulldogs is that he could have become like a Moses Mbai where he could have potentially just not had a spot that he nailed down and he sort of his career gets derailed because he doesn't have like a dedicated position that he was playing yep. week in, week out. And you don't want that to happen to anyone. Like it, was, it wasn't good when it happened to Moses and by because it didn't, didn't suit the doggies or Moses. And then I don't want the same thing to happen to, to, happen to Avarillo. So I'm sure he'll go up there and Wayne will see him and be like, all right, yeah, that's where you are. You're fullback or your center or something like that and he'll absolutely kill it. Oh, yeah, okay. He'll 100%. absolutely kill I think it. He's gonna rev- I think he's going to shine up there. Yeah, and good luck to him, but it's, it's yep. as a Doggies fan, it's just. And good news for Bulldogs fans this week, something to look forward to is um, they were, you'll be the last time they'll see Parramatta play this year. Um, they got the bye the last round. Um, I think you noted to me earlier on before the uh, potty, uh, basically they're playing the Panthers. So, yeah, all gone for Parramatta. I mean, what, what a fall from grace. They made the grand final last year and this year can't even make the eight. Um, you know, Brad Arthur's already been re-signed for another few years. You know, I think the premiership window is, is done and dusted, I think to be honest. I also think they won't get a new stadium for the next 150 years. Uh, I was at Combank on the weekend. That's the second new stadium in less than 40 years. There's sides in the NRL that haven't had a new stadium for about 90 years or That's 100 right, years. Yeah. You know, whereas them and the Roosters got two stadiums in less than 40 years, so... You know, para, um, no more new stadiums for you guys, no more professional, you know, preferential treatment from the NRL. I think there's no more premiership, your window's closed, that's it. 1986 will be forever. I think that's, yeah, that's it, it. it'll be a long time before they get there anyway. 1986. Um, but but it's, it, it's interesting as well, like even the Roosters, uh, you know, this year they just sort of died in the arse and I don't think they'll make the finals either, to be honest. <sighs> the matter late run, them and Souths are on neck and neck. Actually, in- interestingly, Souths got the bye this, uh, this week. They play each other in the last round. That might be for the final spot. It could be. I mean, I know North Queensland's still in the race. Yeah, North Queensland's still in the race. Uh, who do Roosters play this week? Uh, I'm not. I'll double check. But anyway, point is, you know, there's there's a. I can't believe the Roosters are back in the race. They've just made a run. They meant Newcastle were gone. I mean, unbelievable. Seven in a row, yeah. and I was just like looking. You know, it's just weird. I know I'm going to go cross cross codes. And Newcastle out of nowhere won seven in a row. I think they're sitting what seventh. Yep. And they finished as high as sixth or fifth. Yeah. Sixth. And then I was looking in the AFL and then Carlton Blues have won 11 in a row to going from. I remember I read, I went back, there was an article they posted a link saying Carlton put an X through the season. Gone 11 in a row since. This is how lowly they were. Despite winning 11 in a row, I think they're currently sitting fifth. Wow. Okay. You know, they won't make it fourth. They're still six points behind fourth. 
you know. So just to show you how it's lowly they turnaround. were. It's a big turnaround. And I think they've gone into equal favourites or second equal uh, second favourites to win the premiership, even despite being still six points behind fourth. They've won 11 in a row, and most of the sides they beat are in the top eight. Well, let me tell you, no one cares about AFL. Yeah, I'm just giving a comparison. <laughs> and you know what? In that, in that time, Newcastle, uh, all right, they beat Canterbury twice, but they've been in Souths. And Melbourne. And Melbourne. So they've been in some sides in, yeah, you know, in the eight they've done well. around the four. Yeah, yeah, they've done well. So, I mean, we all put a next for them, but they're there now. Um. Just want to get back to the dogs against the Raiders. I know this is Raiders um, are f- looking like frauds of being in the eight. I think they are, to be honest. Um, a couple of things about the Raiders: the game. Uh, we we talked about how our team can only play for about sixty to sixty-five minutes. I think if you if we can put an eighty-minute um, game together, I actually think we win a lot of a lot more games than we lose. Yep. Because I don't think overall we have a bad team. It's just one thing I don't I don't think the Bulldogs have is a genuine game breaker. Like Burton's good. You know, everyone's good. I just don't feel like we have that game breaker, someone that comes in there and and just adds that extra X factor that gets us across the line or adds that energy, adds that. It, it's And I don't know where we get it from. I don't know if Crichton's going to be that X factor for us or do we really need it? Is it more just about getting our basics right? Because I feel like we're – like, yeah, we were poor against the Knights and the Knights have been playing out of this skin time. I'm going to just – put that game to the side. But if you look at our, our team, the games that we've lost, a lot of games have been, you know, between, you know, say eight and 10 points other than when we got smashed. I feel like if we were to fix just the basics, we win. We I, win a lot more I than we lose. I honestly think, <clears throat> you know, obviously you're not going to agree with it, but your weakness next year is going to be in your halves because now you actually got three strike backs. Blake Taff, who can, he's a game breaker. I mean, obviously I still put Avarillo ahead of him. But if you look at him, what he's done for South the last three, four years, there's moments where he's just had individual brilliance. You have, you have Josh Shadow Carr. He's an absolute weapon. And you've got Stephen Crichton, who's another proven match winner who scores in big games. He scored in three grand finals in a row. He plays in the big time. Um, you know, your one to five is actually going to be pretty strong. It's your six and seven and their creativity. That's going to be my concern. How are they going to go? Well, how good are they going to go? I want to be concerned about those back five. It's the six because I think I haven't even you know I didn't even go into Jacob Kiraz. We all know what a workhorse he is. You know he's just all action for eighty minutes. Do you remember that day? It was about forty degrees. The whole playing. Yeah, I, I think the guy must have lost about ten kilos or how much he ran, tackled and and, and hit ups and everything. The guy's energizer is phenomenal. But then, um, yeah, that's that's I'm talking about your back line. Your forwards is something else. Um, those young guys will be a year older. It'll be about 20 more games, more experienced. It's all down to them now. I mean, there's not much out there to recruit. Look, to be honest, I don't think our six and seven are the problem. No, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's your problem. My only, I think your one to five is good. It's your, I'm just more interested to see how your six and seven is going to go. No, no, I agree with you. And, and as we said at the top of the podcast, if they can get their combo right, I do think they can be very deadly. I, I yeah, genuinely yeah. believe they can yeah, be. Yeah, of course. Uh, but it's also about the forwards. Like for us, it's like if you remember in 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 04, 05, 06, like when we had our good forward packs, they used to hunt as a pack. There were never forwards going out there to play individually. Oh, they were going not. out as as a combined unit. Like if they, you remember. They were, they were the dog pack, you're right. They, they were, right? When Emilio would, would do a big hit, Mason would be there tapping him. Astas would be there high-fiving him. Even Tony Grimaldi would be getting in there, of getting course, into people's every faces. Every single one of them. The it bench was, would come on as well. They were all 
lining up to pat each other on the back. They were there like hunting as a unit. You'd see O'Mealy would hit, put a hit on. Then Mason would follow that up. Then Asatasi, then Price. It was one after one after one. Whereas I don't think we have that combination. We don't have that pack mentality that the Bulldogs are known for. And, and to be honest, you know, we talk about the Dogs of War. I think the Dogs of War are dead and buried for a long time. And I don't think we'll ever see that again. It's going to be a very, very long time before, before we see something like the Dogs of War. I just don't see that it's going to happen, especially not with the current pack that we've got. Unless they, they get a nice rocket up the ass or something, I just don't see it. Like There's no, there's no br- brutal. There's no brutality. There's yeah. no aggression. Like I want to see that aggression. There's no bruises in that squad. Yeah, there's just no, there aren't any. Yeah, you know, I thought nice. Davida Pangai could have been that, but Davida Pangai, as we know, is leaving, but he just never, like, Maybe the, there was too much pressure on him. I, I don't know, but well, I was seeing you going on to Pangai. Um, yeah, what's going on there? Uh, it's interesting, actually. Um, the media were insinuating that the Bulldogs were doing something dodgy, and that Tavita was getting two hundred fifty k from next year, and that you know the Bulldogs were getting dudded, or, or you know some sort of agreement was happening. So because the Bulldogs wanted to get rid of Tavita Pangai Junior, for example, and actually. Um, one of the journalists, Danny Widler, come out and actually published his date of release showing that Tavita Pangai Jr. will get no dollars, will get zero next year when he leaves. Well, why should he get a dollar anyway? You know, I mean, he's left his contract early. He's actually not playing. So why is he entitled? Well, it's not about – well, a lot of people are insinuating that the Bulldogs were willing to pay Tavita Pangai Jr. out to oh, get rid of him. Oh, just to move him on. Right. Okay. Right? Well, yep. Typical parasitical um, journalists trying yep. to make something out of nothing. Just to have a story. Yeah. Just to have a story when Tavita Pango Jr. has clearly come out and he said, I have some personal you know, personal things that he, he didn't want to go into. He's made decision to, he wants to move back to Brisbane. He wants to leave rugby league, give his, give his, have a go at boxing, right? He's got a trainer that he's been training with, you know, since COVID, uh, you know, for boxing. And here is the media trying to make a big uh, circus out of it. And if that falls through, so what? He'll not, he'll give it a shot for a whole year, and then Wayne will come calling. Well, Wayne's already said um, if if saw the, that yeah yeah if Tavita you know would ever wants to come back to like Billy, I'll, I'll I'll be the first to take him back. And you know what? No, um, no hate from me. Like good luck. I mean, the guy's asked to leave early. He doesn't want to pay. Doesn't want anything. He just wants to leave. If he goes to boxing, doesn't work, and he comes back, man, best of luck to him. Yeah. Look at Val Holmes, went to NFL, came back, came Gee, back to the Cowboys. How long was he out for? Two years? A year, 18 year months or something? Yeah. yeah. Right. Hayne, same thing. Like, uh, whatever. You know, life goes on, footy goes on. Exactly. Let's just not, like, the media wants to make a big beat up out of nothing. Like, let the bloke, the guy's obviously dealing with some some mental health issues at the moment. He, he's decided to give up rugby league. He's giving up $750,000. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's 15K a week. That's minimum. That's more than what people make in two months. Just let, let the guy go. He's made a decision for himself. Yeah. Gus Gould came it's out. He big said, sacrifice. Yeah, he said it was. It came as a shock to him. You know, Seraldo said it's come as, as a shock to him. And and you know what? Um, the media doesn't need to make make a big deal out of this, right? The guy's being straight out. He's being honest. He just he wants to go give give another sport a go. And if he comes back to rugby league and he, he someone else can get the best out of him, good luck. Yeah, I mean he could. He had it all there. Um, he could have sat comfortable and he's seven fifty a week for the next few years, but. You know, it's a big sacrifice. Yeah, you know, he, had it, he had it easy, but just show you the magnitude: seven fifty, zero dollars now. So it's actually tougher for him to walk away than it is to stay. Of because course. if he stayed, he can laze around for the next year. Of course, get years, dropped, yeah. get dropped or whatever. And then if you, if the t- club wanted to get rid of him, they would, they would have had to pay him out to get rid of him. But he and said, then you know, even if he just has a few mediocre years on seven fifty, the next club's picking him up for about four hundred or half a million dollars. So he's, yeah, he's still. I mean, he's set for life, but show the big sacrifice he's making. 
Yeah, it's it's and in a, in a sport like boxing, you're, you're in there by yourself. You actually, no one's got your back in that ring. It's you. Yeah, you know, one hit and you're done. In most instances, whereas on the rugby league field, you got twelve other mates out there, um, plus the refs. Um, but if you miss a tackle, there's somebody there to cover your ass. You have a poor game. There's twelve other blokes plus the bench to cover you. Exactly right. So yeah, no, look, good luck to to TPJ. I, I hope you know he he fulfills his dream, and I'll be following his boxing huge, career quite closely. Huge so. sacrifice. Best sure. of luck to you, TPJ. I'm sure everyone will. Yeah. So this week, the Bulldogs come up against the Manly Sea Eagles. It's a home game this time. Yeah, in our core stadium. Um, the corresponding match, round one this year, uh, in Manly, we got smashed 36-6. Yeah, that was a, a lot. Bulldogs had a big preseason. There was a lot of promise, a lot of hope. And then they, put in, they actually put in a stinker against Manly. Yeah, Even a, though it was only 36-6, that was. It was a horrible start yeah. to the season. Um, but, you know, the same match uh, last year, the Bulldogs did have a resounding win against Manly to go into the off-season on a positive note. Yep. Um, and look, Manly have, have officially been ruled out of the finals because they can't make it mathematically anymore. So I guess both teams were playing for a bit of pride um, uh, I, I on reckon, Sunday. I reckon Canterbury's more up for this one. Manly's just gone the disappointment of, you know, being knocked out of the finals, um, you know, in a close game against the Warriors. So, yeah, I'm sure they're filthy in regards to this one. So I think the disappointment's hanging all over them. They're going to think, oh, it's only two games. We can't make it anymore. Whereas Canterbury want to make up for a very lacklustre season. Players are coming back on deck. Their performances have started improving. Um, so I reckon Canterbury's going to be up for this one. They've got a lot to prove. Well, I think a couple of things, yeah. Manly have dropped Josh Schuster for this week. He's yep. playing reserve grade. Yep. Right, so that's interesting. I'm not sure if it's a good or a bad thing for the Bulldogs, but it will definitely be interesting to see how they attack without Schuster because I feel like he had his he has his defensive problems, but in attack he can be very unpredictable. He can pull out a kick or a pass or something crazy out of his um, you know out of his kit bag and just take you by surprise. Schuster needs to be in the game for 80 minutes. He goes missing for large periods. He has the best example sitting next to him in or rather standing next to him, Daly Cherry Evans. Daly Cherry Evans is literally running for 80 minutes. He's tackling for 80 minutes. He's demanding the ball for 80 minutes. Schuster, even if he's tired and breathing heavy, he's got to do that. The only way he's going to improve is pushing himself, breaking those barriers, improving his match fitness. Can't just sit there back and just wait for it to unfold. He goes missing for large periods. No, look, I, I agree with you, which is why I'm saying I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing that has been dropped. But, you know, the other thing that I think is, is important is that there's a, so much up in the air at the Bulldogs. Like there are so many players with with uh, still not signed for next year yep. who are playing for contracts, who are playing for the future essentially. Look, um, there's not much available on the market. I reckon about three quarters or 80% of those guys will get re-signed. There's really not much players off contract. Unless you can coerce other players to break their contract and get a release from their club, there's actually not much available out there. Honestly, yeah, a lot of squads are looking the same. It's actually the year after, 2025, that you will probably see – you're going to see big changes, especially at your club. It's not next year. So your best bet is those boys that are all young and debuted this year, they improved markedly and rapidly. So, But, but I mean, I'm talking like um, Corey Waddell, 
uh, Carl Flanagan, you know, Jaden Ockumbo. Yeah, three quarters will still get re-signed. There's not much available out there. I, I mean, I, I know the, the Bulldogs might decide not to re-sign some of those players. Oh, they definitely won't. I'm just you saying know, just, majority will get re-signed. You know, Braden Burns, don't forget he hasn't – he's still off contract as I well. Think, I think he's a good acquisition, you know. Yeah. And but when we, he's played, he's been good. It's just had that bad injury run, but he's overcome it. Um, but we've got a lot of, um, you know – We've got a lot of centers and wingers for next year, so I'm not sure uh, yeah, if he's yeah. surplus to requirement. So it's like, but then you want that depth. Look, look, I agree. You need that top thirty. Um, you need that experienced top thirty, and I think he falls right in line. But then, does he take the position of a youngster like Skelton, for example? But you know, I just think um, Braden Burns is really good in defense. Like you know, he's not. He was found out a couple of times against the Raiders. Yeah, that one-off game. So yeah, but it, look, he's good. I'm not going to bag him out for one, you know, one poor tackle, or whatever. Um, but as I say, there's still a lot of people playing for um, for contracts. But I also think that the team itself should be playing for a positive end to 2023 for 2024. You don't want to end the season, you know, oh, with losses. Not. You want to yeah. put a couple of wins back to back if possible, just to show the coach what is possible oh, for next year. Yeah, I think Canterbury can get them this game. I just think Manly's just really disappointed. I don't see how they bounce back Again, after that loss, whereas Canterbury. They have good forwards. That's the thing. If our forwards don't muscle up, they will run all over where, us. Yeah, you're right. It's in the forwards, basically. I think Garrick's not playing this week, or is he? I'm not sure if Garrick's not playing, but I know like they're getting Aloye back. They're getting, um, they'll get Sipley back. So uh, they really still want to win Manly. I'm sure they want to win. I don't think that Seabold wants to go into the season losing either, having not made the finals. Right. So I think that's a big thing. Um, Jason Saab and Josh Adokar coming up on the same side. Oh, that'd be amazing. What about Okulo is another one? He's another yeah, rocket. He's an absolute Garrick's speedster. another quick. They've got some speeds as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got decent speed. We've got, uh, we've got uh, Wilson, Avrilo and yeah, Adokar. Yeah. Actually, you know what? It's going to be an attractive game. Both sides got quick backlines. Uh, Sunday, 2 p.m. at Aqua Stadium. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very – Sunday? Sunday, yeah, might Sunday, be, 2 p.m. go out there. Is that their last home game for the year? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it may be. I'm not yeah, sure if it is. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see how that um, how that goes. But, I, look, I'm, I'm saying dogs win by eight. Fair shout. Yeah, I I'll go dogs. dogs. I'm going to go dogs by four. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. My only concern is the defense. Just hopefully Manly's forward pack turns in a disaster. So, look, it's <laughs> it's what you can control is our forwards playing well. I think yep. Thompson's got a few more games under his belt. Kikau as well, a few more games under his belt. Liam Knight starting. Max King off the bench was pretty good. Um, so our forward pack's not too bad. I think um, I think we can be a, be a little bit better. And I think the thing with the doggies is I think that their defense for sixty five minutes was quite decent. I don't think for 65 minutes, it wasn't bad. Like it was when we were there on our 20 meter line, we did, you know, we held, we shifted well, just a couple of lapses, which is, you know, standard, but it's, they really sort of died in that 65th minute. So I want to see us play deep into the, into the 80th minute. That's where I think it's going to make a big difference. That's where we win the game. Um, But yeah, so I'm, I'm tipping dogs by eight. Um, I just want to go over some quick comments that Gus made on Twitter. Um, Yep. Yep. I posted this today. He said, We'll be locking ourselves away in the coming weeks to discuss everything to do with our club, our systems, and our people. Honesty in self-appraisal is crucial. That's the start. From there, we'll be discussing our strategy for the future, both short-term and long-term. Yep, good. I will stress at the beginning of this process that there are no bad ideas. Of course not. Let's put everything on the table and discuss the merits. Every bad idea gets us closer to a good idea. Send through as many bad ideas as you like. Move back to Belmore full time. 
I think it's the first best idea. <laughs> I love that stadium. Yeah, it's mad. I'm stadium. actually going there this week on Saturday. Um, there's the Division One Junior League Grand Final. Yeah, on so the Tan Ones Bankstown Bulls are actually playing Moorbank. We were knocked over the undefeated, also under previously undefeated Bankstown Sports. So watching Finch and the boys, and then afterwards we're going to Burger District for a big feed with the whole team. Stop mentioning them until they sponsor us, yeah? Mate, I'm just <laughs> telling you, you know, I'm just looking forward to Saturday, so it's going to be a big day. And um, look, there's other grand finals out there this week as well, so yeah, I'm looking forward to not watching one game, probably about three or four. It's like seeing, you know, those kids are so talented. Yeah, like they are. Ten-year-olds fly running unders and overs and you know, X-plays and decoy runs and runarounds and, oh, you know, just, wow, 10 years old doing that. He's got a good junior comp. He's gonna, I mean, he's hoping it translates to something. The future is bright, I'll tell you now. And all these kids want to play for Canterbury. Yeah. They talk love to them. every one of them. They want to play for Canterbury. And I just told them, oh, would you play for that disaster of a club? Shut your mouth. We're going to take them. We're going to be the boys in 10 years' time. That's, it. That's what I get told from 10-year-olds. Um, what do you think about Gus's Twitter comments? Yeah, good. He didn't have any meltdowns, so um, that's good. No, look, I think that's very good. He's outlined short-term and long-term. Mm. Key indicator. He knows short-term, these results, got to improve rapidly. But he's still got his long-term plan, which I know is on the junior focus and strengthening the junior sides and the junior comps. So you could tell. He went and recruited heavily for junior sides, and the results started showing. So, yeah, he wants to strengthen. He wants to obviously um, broaden – uh, the junior talent or the junior base. So he's obviously established in uh, Toowoomba, um, your, another feeder site yeah, for yeah, you yeah. guys. I'm sure he'd want to take a few country, uh, you know, like Group 7, for example, or maybe Group 11 just to give you throw some digits out there. I'm sure he wants a whole group for himself. Um, you know, I'm sure he probably got a few scouts or areas in, in New Zealand as well, maybe in Papua New Guinea or Fiji. Yeah, definitely got something yeah, in uh, – if, if these NRL sites don't have a base, in, for example, in Fiji or Papua New Guinea, then absolutely uppercut yourselves, whoever's in charge there, for, you know, having that person in that job. So, yeah. Honestly, it's, you know – And soon enough, I'll even there. say start rating Melbourne's, you know, junior. They've yeah. got a whole city to themselves. Start rating them. Well, they don't even – Their junior base in Melbourne is absolutely growing. I think a few months ago I drove past a rugby league game and I went, paused, and I stopped over on the side just to have a look. And it was – it was around the Broadie area. That's good. Yeah, you know, so. Uh, look, I, I, for me, I think it's great that, that hopefully they are going to be honest. I think that if we're going to be successful or more successful next year, there needs to be a lot of honesty at – Cameron Torello's decision making. Yep. And some of the the incidents that have happened at training. Well, you guys are stuck with him for another two years, I'd say. I mean, if results, I think he still survives next year. It's the year after. But something's got to happen. Look, I think you guys will improve. Um, well, we have to. I don't think there's, I don't I, think. I think, I think it's just this year was really thrown into disarray with the amount of injuries you guys had. But that's, but that's still, I mean, unacceptable. We can use all these excuses, but. There's just no excuse um, for injuries, no excuse for any of that. And I think it's quite um, – we can't keep turning to those excuses. And if there, if there has to be honesty, um, you know, Gus, you need to question some of those coaching decisions. You need to question some of those um, training mishaps and how they happened. I know that things happen at training all the time, but the amount of things that happened with the Bulldogs this year, there's got to be a little bit of a, a, a process review around how everything has gone down because there was a lot of injuries and, you know, if this happens again next year and things aren't fixed, what excuses do you have then? 
surely you have a long time from now until the beginning of twenty, the season twenty twenty four to to fix those problems. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's interesting as well. He said that um, for him, there's no difference between running last and running ninth. The yeah. aim is to challenge for premierships every year. He's right. If you're not first, you're last. Yeah. He's pretty much is if what you're he's not saying. in the finals, then you're, you're essentially last. Even if you're ninth, you're last. He's yeah. right. It's pointless. You want to try, you know, you want to challenge for that premiership. You want to get in the finals. Now, I mean, I like that thinking, but I don't know if that's a cop out to say whether we're last next year or ninth, it's not going to make a difference. I hope that's not the thinking no, that's no, creeping look, if in. If you guys, for example, finish 10th next year or ninth, oh, mate, everyone will say, all right, you know what? We went from being 15th. To on the cusp, yeah, yeah. Next year, you know what? Our boys, we're going to recruit a few more, and our boys are more experienced. Everyone will be full of confidence that they'll make the eight. So look, it does. It does a lot, especially look, with a club that you know they've. If I feel like they've bottomed out, and they can only they 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 will keep recruiting. I feel like they're, they're, if they do ascend to about tenth or ninth, it's only up from after that again. I mean, I like, oh, just on this, who do you think uh, goes down bottom next year? I know it's it's a tough question, man. I, I, mean, I haven't seen the Dragons really recruit anyone besides a coach. Um, I haven't really seen the Tigers recruit anyone besides uh, a young half who's had his injury problems and hasn't really got a chance, and then an aging half in Aiden Caesar. And I know Benji's raw into the role. He's a shrewd thinker of the best attacker probably in the modern era. I mean, what have those two sides done? Canterbury... They're relying on their local. It's probably 2025 for those three sides. Do they improve? But who who recedes from the other sides? Does Manly start falling down? Their halfback's 35 next year. You know, he's not getting any younger. How long can he keep it up for? It's a good question. Um, what about the Rabbitohs? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, they've just really fallen off. Their halfback's not producing. I mean, it, and uh, something I outlined a while ago, so. Yeah, and you were spot on, and Gus Gould also did, said about it. I just it. didn't think Ilias was. I said it earlier in the season in regards to the podcast. So, no, it was a, and it's a good call. Look, I, I still think he's young and he needs time. But I mean, one of the th- one of the stories coming out of uh, out of um, the, the, the no out of Canberra is actually that he wants to backflip on his deal with the Ra- with the Rabbitohs, Apparently, Jack Wyden. Yeah, after what? I'm not sure what. I just didn't understand why he needed to go there for to play what. Cody Walker's at six. Jaira's at lock, or you got other forwards there. So where where's he going to play? In the forwards, in the centres, in the full, yeah. I mean, I, where I don't know. He's a former fullback as well. Don't forget. Yeah, that's right. He can play. Fullback. Well, you know, him and Latrell, they're both dominant players. So how does that work for him? I mean, I I, I don't know. It's been alleged by the media, but oh, that'd be nice. Souths can go back to being cellar dwellers <laughs> like they were for two decades before uh, Russell no. Crowe bought the club. No, the referees will continue to help them out. No. no. Well, no one needs to help him out. Well, now they will. See, you know, ownership of the club is a big thing. For two decades, they'll literally sell the dollars. Russell Crowe came in, transformed that club. Look at their membership sales. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, look at the events they put on. They actually take games all over Australia, more than anyone else. They've taken games in New Zealand, Perth, Darwin. Every every state in Australia, they literally take a game. They are, honestly, I think South's do it more than anyone um, they do a lot for their members. They do they got that charity arm called South Cares. Like just goes to show, you, have good owners, and look at that, yeah. Russell Crowe. I agree. Uh, I agree. Best owner in the game, I'll say. I mean, uh, St George got a win, but that's just um, if you take the mask off, 
wins actually, um, the, you know, it's really the Steelers disguised <laughs> as win. That was that whole sale, oh honestly. Oh, my God. The Dragons supporters are having a sook about the Steelers. Right? Oh, my God. That's what it was. It was you honestly. Saying George. Imagine having billionaire owners and, and they're running the club worse than a, than a, than a pub, you know, a, you know, a pub footy side run on meat raffles. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, enough of your sooking, but hey, no one's to hear. To come in, no man. one wants to hear. It's, it. You know, we've literally listened to you having Canterbury rants for twenty five rounds. I, I this is a Bulldogs podcast, brother. I deserve thirty seconds. This of is fame. a Bulldogs podcast, and de- all the fans are with me. I deserve thirty seconds of putting down my club, so everyone else can have a laugh at my club. It's interesting, but um, the 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 Tigers have parted with Tim Sheens uh, early, and Benji's taken over. How did Tim take that? Or the I, I don't think I think he probably told him to part with him. Um, I don't think he got forced out. I don't know if he was forced out. Him, I think he's told him, look, you know, give Benji these last few games. I'm 73. I don't think he got forced out. It's probably just a media beat up. Um, it could, look, it could be, but I, I just thought that they were going to stick with with Sheens for 24 as well and then Benji because there are other reports coming out that the, that the Tigers aren't fully – sort of confident in Benji being the full-time coach. He had a good first game. He had a very good first there game. There no fluke. But it was off the back of some RP brilliance. RP could play half back in his, yeah. Look, uh, I, I don't think, I looked at Benji. He wasn't even panicking in that box. Even when, when the Dolphins caught up, he just seemed cool, calm. I thought the Tigers Long played time well. Long going. I think Robbie Farrell wants the coaching director or something. No, like general manager. General manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is not? fine. Yeah, which I think. Him, look, and, him and Benji get on like bread and butter. Yeah. Despite all the fake media reports, they're actually great mates. So they could they could recoup, they can definitely rebuild that they whole all, club around Benji course. and Farrah. That's well, what I think. Why do you need a bunch of 67 year olds still running the club? Yeah. You know, those guys were once Benji's age. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. and, and Benji's Benji and Robbie have been there, done that. So they're more qualified. They embody the club. Definitely. They're more qualified to be there than the other old horses. Um, yeah, and as we're saying, Rabbitohs have shit the bed. Uh, Latrell Mitchell's out for the uh, for the last game of the season against the Roosters, which could all but decide their confirmed? fate. Yeah, it's confirmed. You'll get one week unless he. Uh, I think I've got a worrying feeling the Roosters are going to steal that last spot. Unless they, what's it called? That's two clubs you want shitting the bed the the uh, bed for the next twenty years. Yeah, Roosters and Souths. To be honest, though, um, I know this is a very, very, very hot take, but I actually think the Rabbitohs will be better with Blake Taff at fullback. Well, they made a grand final with him at fullback. I, I just think Latrell's come back from his calf injury and he's looked a little bit... I think he needs a new club. He's looked a little bit lackluster. Honestly, he needs with a new no, club. I love, I love Latrell. I think he's a great player. I just think he hasn't come back with that I, energy that... I think his ego's gotten the better of him. He thinks he's... Honestly, they've let his ego grow at Souths. They honestly... Treat him like he's in cotton wool. But is time. it him or is it is it the coach not knowing it's how a, to manage? It's uh, the club. It's not the coach. It's the club. I've, they've 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 uh, basically um, watered his ego. Basically made it grow bigger. Yes, it's not the coach. I'll tell you now. Jason doesn't water people's egos. I don't know. I think that Jason Demetrio is more interested in blaming other teams than actually. And try to take the head off himself. And no, but that, but that's what he, he, you know, throughout this whole year, every single time something has happened, he's come out and tried to attack other players, attack other teams, attack the referees, but never has he come back and looked inwards to say, this is what my team's doing wrong. And I just don't know if he's the man that the Rabbitohs need. They need a stronger personality than Jason Demetrio to control the egos at the Rabbitohs. Or maybe it's Cameron Murray's fault no, no, that no, no, he's not controlling his team. Like, like there's so many different things at play that could happen. But they're, I, they're a good bunch. What what I'm alluding to, uh, ego, you know, is the child just, you know, he just hasn't taken a hard look, a hard long look at himself, and literally put up his hand, and just literally um, launched a blitzkrieg on the opposition for 80 minutes. 
there's times in the games you see in 15, 20 minutes, hello, Latrell, wake up. Latrell, come on, Latrell. And you know, I absolutely love him. Because when he turns it on, there's no He's one amazing. better to watch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And you just start getting frustrated. You yeah. think, come on, man. Yeah, you know, I look it up. That's why I think maybe maybe a coaching thing. I, I, I don't know. I just don't rate Jason Demetrio as a coach. No disrespect to him personally, just as a coach. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he's the guy. I, I just think Latrell needs a new club. Personally, I think he needs to go to a club, different environment, where he's not going to be treated like you know he's some sort of god. For example, I know I shouldn't use that word, but. Yeah, but no. shouldn't that come down to the coach? I reckon throw him at St. George. He'll just turn around and think, geez, look at this squad i got with me. I really have to do something. No, know? get out of here. Or even at Canterbury. What a stupid St. George supporter. Come what on, about, bro. Or throw him at Canterbury. No way. You won't take him at Canterbury? It's not that I won't take him, but it's just so hypothetical. What are we going to do with him? What's he, what are you going to do with him? It's what he's going to do for your club. I don't know, man. I, I think I don't like these hypotheticals because, uh, like, I, I don't know if Cameron Serraldo will be that coach to bring the best out of him. That's the truth. You know what? You don't really need someone to bring the best. It's the situation or the environment. No, but it's the coach that – that's the coach's job. That's the coach's job. Look, there's no, there's only one Wayne Bennett, so. Yeah, look, that's the problem. And maybe one, and one Craig Bellamy and that's other and than one that. one Des Hasler. Yeah, other than that, you know, um, that's about it. Knights uh, get lucky again. They score off an eight-tackle set. <laughs> that was in, that was what a mistake. So before we complain about seven tackles, now no, it's gone to eight. Oh, what a mistake! Oh, Bloody man. hell! Oh, so did, did it, the NRL came out with the usual Monday apology as usual. Graham for eight months a yeah. year. Uh, we apologise for costing this team two points this week. Oh mate, I think they've apologised to the West Tigers and the Dragons maybe five or six separate times yeah. this year for costing them two points. Just give them 10 points already. <laughs> you know, rewrote the finals race. And you know, the scary part is we're so close to the finals that I think that some finals games are going to be decided. Um, it's happened before. Yeah. Remember when North Queensland kept yeah. getting dudded? I think they, yeah. got, they got dudded against the Roosters, got dudded against the Sharks. And Manly. And man, three years in a row. Yeah, and then right. finally, the fourth, fourth year. And then I was like, you know what? We've got to give the Cowboys a grand final. <laughs> hey, they earned that grand final. Let's that be was honest. a crazy finish. A start, it was a crazy start because I think off the first set of the game, Corey Oates went, what, 90 metres? Something like that, yeah, yeah. And then the last tackle of the game, oh, wow. Michael Morgan. Yeah, what a grand final that was. And just want to end off, Pappenhausen might be back for the Storm this week. I don't think he's ready. You think she needs more time in reserves? Yeah, I don't think he should have played this year at all. That knee is just a whole reconstruction. It's For me, it's like a horse – snapping its fetlock in like 30 different places and having it re-put together. Oh, normally Speak a horse, English, what's a fetlock? It's part of a bone on the horse. So, you know, normally horses, um, when they have such bad breaks, it's either, you know, it's a cruel world. Are you comparing there. Pappenhausen to a horse? I'm just saying. That, did you know, you saw him to his knee? Yeah. He shattered horrible, like what, yeah, 20 different places yeah, yeah, yeah. or something? They've reconstructed it together. That knee's not going to. But he's had some good showings in reserve grade. Reserve crate. <laughs> uh, okay. Some of those guys are probably, you know, earning 400 bucks a week, probably, um, you know, pick packet, you know, whatever. Yeah. On, uh, you know, work at, you know, or might be plumbers for half the week or something, so, or five days a week. You, so. think, you don't think you can come, off, come in off the bench for 15, 20 minutes a game and just tear, tear things apart? I don't think it will be even near as quick as it used to be or zippy. It needs more time. Look, it might come back and be the same, but with a bad injury like that, I I'll be stunned if he's as effective as before. I just love seeing him play. It'd be so good to see him yeah, play. He's like, like a Mighty Mouse or Danger oh, Mouse. He's incredible. Eh? Actually, Mighty Mouse was Shannon Gallant. He could be Danger Mouse. Yeah, yeah whatever. Remember whatever. Shannon Gallant? No. He was like a miniature Mighty Mouse for the Cowboys and the Tigers. He was just miniature. He's probably about 160 centimeters tall. Yeah. And he, in a 40 meter zip, he was probably the quickest player in the game at 40 meters or 20 meters. And he'd probably every time get the ball because he was literally 
1.6 metres tall, 60 kilos or 70 kilos heavy, would beat about six, seven players in the space of 20 metres. It's nuts. Yeah, he was nuts. You had to watch his highlights real. Um, Mighty Mouse. And with that, um, I think we've come to the to the end of the podcast. Yep. Anything you want to say, Debo? Um, I'm dying to go to Accor this week. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if we can all hook it up. Maybe we get some Bulldogs fan, the Kennel fan TV out there. Yep. Probably get think? Finch on there. We'll have another meltdown. <laughs> Thank you so much for making this far into the podcast. If you made it to the deep end, uh, we just want to say like and subscribe. Um, uh, we've got plenty more coming. Please share this with, with all your uh, NRL fans. Share this with everyone that loves rugby league. Um, and whoever you go for, I hope you do well, except, except for Parramatta. Thumbs up <laughs> and thanks. Have a good one. <laughs> they got Penrith. <laughs>